What if there was a different way to live and work beyond the hustle and hype, beyond the never ending race to get more, do more, be more, a way that's nourishing, grounded, creative, and aligned with your deepest, truest self. You're listening to Alchemy in Action with me, your host, Amanda Cook. In each episode, we'll explore nature-based personal growth for high-achieving women. Join me to create a life and work that truly fit you, infused with meaning and magic. Hello and welcome back to the Wellpreneur podcast. This week, my guest on the show is Selena Barker. Selena is a coach, an online course designer, a writer, a podcaster, and the co-founder of Project Love. And for the past 12 years, Selena has made a business out of helping people design lives and careers that they love. I was introduced to Selena by Marianne Cantwell, who I've had on the show earlier this season. If you haven't listened to that one, definitely go back and listen to that episode too because it's a winner. Um, And I just loved Selena's work and this whole message of really designing life and work that you love, right? What could be better? So I think you're really going to enjoy this interview, this conversation with Selena Barker. I also want to give a little shout out to one of my favorite tools. As you know, we've been talking about the energy of autumn and part of the energy of autumn is pruning and making space in your life and your work for new stuff to come through. And one tool that I've been using for years, like years, probably five years, is Acuity Scheduling. And it has helped tremendously. I mean, that's not even a big enough word. I can't even imagine my business, my life without acuity scheduling. I would be missing appointments left and right. I'd have to have a full-time assistant telling me where to go. And I don't need to do that because I have acuity scheduling. So basically, if you do any sort of appointments with clients, whether it's like one-on-one appointments or um, interviews, like I do use it for my podcast interviews. I use it to talk to potential partners and referral partners and affiliates. I use it to book all my clients. I use it to book all my podcast guests. Basically, if you need to talk to me, you have to go through this scheduler. It is awesome. So Acuity connects in with your Google Calendar and probably other calendar solutions too, but my life is in my Google Calendar. So it knows my availability and I'm able to set up different appointment lengths. So there's one length for like a podcast interview and one for a coaching call and one for a discovery session, for example. And then I can set my availability. So it syncs with my calendar, like I said, but I can also say I just want to have appointments on these days a week or just between these certain hours and to take certain days off. You just set it up And then it just acts like your personal assistant, booking people in, sending them friendly reminders, giving them all the links to Zoom or Skype to talk with you. It lets people reschedule their own appointments. That's an option. I always do that because I don't want to know. If you can't make the appointment, just go rebook it. Don't bother me with it. (laughs) Seriously. Acuity has saved me hours and hours and hours. I love it. I just want to give it a hug. Totally recommend it. There's other scheduling solutions out there too, which I've tried a few. The big selling point for me was that Acuity works with Google Calendar seamlessly and also it handles time zones really well, which for me is crucial because I work with clients all over the world. 
So I am an affiliate of Acuity. And if you would like to try out Acuity, you can sign up through my link. So that's wellpreneuronline.com slash Acuity, wellpreneuronline.com slash Acuity. I highly recommend it. I got a scheduling software like even before I even had clients. It was one of the first things I did because I hate the back and forth of like, well, what time works for you? I don't know. How about this? Oh no. Waste of your time. So check out Acuity. Um, Highly recommend it. Would love to hear what you think in the Facebook group. We can have a chat about it. Again, that's wellpreneuronline.com slash Acuity. And like I mentioned, we've got a Facebook group. So if you want to come hang out with us and discuss this episode, our interview with Selena Barker about designing life and work that you love, we're going to have a thread up in that group where we'll all be talking about this week's podcast. You can find that on Facebook at Wellpreneur Community. Okay, now let's get into this interview with Selena Barker. Hi, Selena. Thanks for joining me on the show today. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's an honor to be here. So we're both in London, right? But just uh, we're not in the same place, but we're in the same place. Yeah, we yeah. are both in London. So it's surprise uh, having a sunny moment. I don't know if it's in, if it's oh, yeah. sunny in your part. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. I know we should really be outside enjoying it. Really, instead I know. of <laughs> we've got to grab these moments when you live in London. <laughs> totally. So I always like to start and just um, invite the guest to explain what it is that you do. How do you say what it is that you do? <laughs> always. This has been a constantly a constant challenge for me over the years, but I am a career change and life design coach. And I currently do two things. So one is I do one-to-one coaching for people who want to change career. So I have that business. And I also have another business with my business wife, Vicky Pavitt, Project Love. And that's all about creating a life, a relationship and career you love. And we have a podcast. I love podcasts. I love your podcast and I love doing podcasts. And we have a journal. So we have an end of year, start of year journal. The Goodbye 2019 Hello 2020 journal is just about to come out. Um, So we're busy sort of talking about designing a life you love, which is what that's all about. And um, yeah. Those are the two things I spend my time doing. And we've got a really vibrant Instagram community as well on Project Love. So I hang out there a lot, creating content and connecting with people and just generally loving the work that I do. I'm noticing a trend with the love. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I'm, I'm curious. So you've been career coaching for a long time. And I'm curious how this idea of Project Love came about and how you guys started that. Can you tell us the story there? Yeah, of course. So I had, we started, I always forget the exact years. I think it was about five years ago. So up until then, I had been a career change coach for five years. Now, if you had told me at the very beginning of my journey of becoming a coach that one day I'd be coaching around the whole topic of love, then I would have thought you were crazy. Because if there was one area of my life that felt like I was a total failure in, it was my love life. And um, Vicky was looking for someone to help her move out of her job in marketing and start helping people finding love. I was a career change coach who was stuck in her love life. A friend put us in touch and I said, okay, how about you play a game at being a love coach? And that's how you can help people find love. She's like, what's a love coach? And I said, well, I don't know. Let's just, let's see. Have me as your guinea pig. And if you can help me, then you can help anyone. So we embarked on this journey to see if we could really 
find a way to actually change the course of my love life. And within the first couple of months, I felt so phenomenally different when it came to my love life and when it came to myself and really looking at love in this whole new way. I was researching love and kind of diving into my own study around it. She was using tools that she'd learned through NLP and just her natural love of helping people find love. And we thought, wow, we're really onto something here. We want to share this with other women because I was really starting to see how stuck I had been before, even though before I thought I'm totally open to love. Actually, I was really blocking it. And so we came up with this course over the course of a few months. We then shared with a group of friends that started on Valentine's Day. And um, the results were amazing. They were like, wow, we're seeing relationships and love in such a different way. Really unplugging from that narrative that you're waiting for your knight in shining armor to come along and sort of save you and, and sort of sweep you off your feet. Really seeing love from a place of it's something you cultivate from the inside out. You attract it into your life. You know, it really starts with you. It's not something that someone else is going to come and give you. And we got so excited about this love revolution of like really starting to show people a different way of looking at love that we then started Project Love and launched our first course, um, the Get Ready for Love course, which has gone on to be really successful and been in all sorts of magazines and um, has had over a thousand people go through it over the past four or five years. I always forget the number. Um, and so that sort of really began Project Love. And I just said, right at the start, let's do a podcast. Let's just hit record and start talking about love and relationships from this, this, new, this fresh perspective and looking at self-love and the importance of having that at the heart of your relationships and finding love. And that became really popular. Press got in touch straight away because it was like no one else was really occupying the space. No one was talking about love and dating from this angle. Um, and we were like, right, we're on to something. And so we just let it sort of evolve from there. I then did find love and then quickly accidentally got pregnant. So then I was on a whole new journey there. And we decided, right, we've got, either this is now that I had a baby on the way, we had to just really go for it. And um, Project Love, yeah, quickly took off and quickly also evolved. So I started bringing in the whole concept of designing a life that you love, bringing love into the work that you do. And since then, it's just looking at how to bring love into every area of your life, including into the way you interact with your community, um, activism through love and sort of, yeah, bringing love into all areas. And it has been life changing for me, the Project Love business. It really has. I think it's so cool how you started. You said, you know, in the beginning, you felt like your love life was just, that was the one area you didn't have sorted out. And that ended up being, it's like, that's the medicine you needed. That's the path you needed to go down to show you this, you know, to let all of this stuff unfold, all of these other businesses and, and ways to unfold. So one of the things I was hearing from you as you were describing that is that it all comes back to self-love yes, in all these exactly. areas. Yeah. And I want to talk a little bit about that because I think... That's, oh, it's such a weird concept. Like we'll say, well, you have to love yourself. Well, of course I love myself. Like that's, you know, everyone's like, yeah, sure. I love myself, but we don't really a lot of the time. Yeah. It's such a juicy topic. And let me tell you, self-love was not something that I, that came easily to me. And for a long time, I just didn't feel like a concept that I was going to get into. It was just like, that was, it was just felt too cheesy and, pinky and fluffy for so it just wasn't for me I'm more like warrior woman you know I'm out there making things happen and so 
but I was kind of brought to my knees, I'd say about six years ago, just through burning out, lots of heartbreak. And I realized something had to be done like this. I could not go on like this. And so it started with self-care, I would say, self-nourishment. And then I really started open to open up to this idea of, of self-love. And what was that? And how do you even do it? Like, what does that even mean? And so exploring how you do that on a practical level. And then this whole idea of cultivating love on the inside and allowing it to spread into your life into all areas. It's such an interesting one for our generation, because particularly for women, this idea of self-love is often thought to be rather self-indulgent. Isn't that a bit selfish? Certainly, if I look at my parents' generation and you talk to them now about self-love, they just look at you like, huh? I just don't, they can't even grasp the concept. It's just so alien. So um, I think it's a really, that's why I really feel like self-love is a revolutionary thing to do. And now as a mother, challenging my narrative around not becoming the self-sacrificing mother that has been in my bloodline for forever, but actually becoming a mother from a place of self-love, because otherwise I couldn't do it. I couldn't have a business and a child without looking after myself and learning to love myself within those roles. Cause I tried doing it without the self-love and it just, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. You said that's been in your bloodline and that just, I don't know if you intended to, to mean it that way, but like one of the things I'm really interested in is kind of this patterns that get handed down to us from our ancestors that we're not even yeah. aware of. And I think for women, it is, it's, like we were, you're just totally self-sacrificing and everybody oh, yeah. else comes first. And just, you know, women for so long didn't have a voice and didn't have this freedom, the ability to be independent like we do today. And so I think we're like redefining, we're totally breaking that pattern and redefining yes. what it means to be a woman or a mother or a wife or a whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. And from a place of self-love, mm. what does that look like? And I, yeah, I love that the whole ancestral stuff and looking back and the patterns we bring through. And it comes up so much in my coaching with men as much as women, but, um, but with the women, it's really around, like you say, redefining what it means to be a successful, loving, caring woman. Because I think for such a long time, women's purpose, women's fulfillment has supposed to have come from being there for others, looking after other people's needs. And almost that alone was supposed to fulfill us, you know? And so many women are still, even if they're, you've got the career and they may or may not have kids and they're doing all the, the other stuff, there's still deep down a feeling that they, it's selfish to look after their own needs. It should be enough. And I see this a lot in mothers, actually. It should be enough that I have children and I have that love and that fulfillment in my life that I shouldn't need to be having things outside of that. And obviously today, intellectually, we like, well, that's crazy. You know, of course we, you know, nowadays modern women are supposed to be able to find fulfillment in all sorts of different ways. But like you say, the ancestral stuff, those patterns, they are in ourselves. And so breaking that, the, the sort of underlying, almost the unconscious narrative It really takes work and it takes constant reminding and remembering how important self-care is and self-love. And I love that saying you can't pour from an empty cup. And I think, you know, when you try to be the sort of self-sacrificial woman, always being there for others, 
you may think that, well, that's me giving the most I can of myself, but actually you're going to explode easily. You're going to be resentful. Um, you're going to be in a short fuse, you know, all of that stuff going on. Actually, if you look after yourself, it's that whole putting the mask on first, isn't it? Before you put it on the child, you fill yourself up, you actually have so much more to give. And so it's constantly having that conversation. You know, if you are motivated by being a caring person and giving to others, which I think a lot of your listeners are, then it's important to remember that the most you can give is when you're filling yourself up at the same time as being there for others. So let's talk about that, like filling yourself up. You've mentioned self-care and that's what everyone always says, like, oh, well, you need to prioritize your self-care. Like we hear that all the time. But like, what does self-care mean to you? Because it's more than just like take a bubble bath or go to a spa day. Right? Yeah, although, although those things <laughs> are also nice. great. Yeah. <laughs> in the winter in particular, mm-hmm. um, I think having a bubble bath for me yeah. is actually a really good one because just having that moment, closing the door, having my own space, the warmth, the water, you know, and actually realizing that that's something that my body in the winter really enjoys and really needs to be able to really relax and unwind from being so like tense with the cold and running around all day. Um, But for me, it's really about listening into what my body needs, understanding, um, you know, what I need to feel energized and calm. And it's a constant learning about what I need. So recently I got into running. I've been resisting doing any kind of exercise for years. And my whole reason was like, well, it's, I need to find something that feels fun for me that I look forward to doing. And eventually I realized, you know what? Running is the easiest thing I can do. It really works in terms of helping me release stress, release tension, clear my mind, get into my body, burn off some steam, particularly if I've been sitting in front of a computer all day. Um, And I finally had the sort of light bulb moment that I don't need to enjoy it to do it. I don't wait to brush my, I don't wait to enjoy the idea of brushing my teeth before I do it. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you just do it because you know you need to, otherwise your teeth are going to go black and fall out. So I just started getting into running because it was good for me and not because I needed to be excited about doing it at first. And it's made such a difference. So it's learning that as well of going, you know, recognizing what I need and giving it to myself. And also as a mother, as a working mother, finding easy ways of giving myself what I need. Another thing for me that's really important is journaling. But I just, since having a child, I cannot find the time to sit down and journal. So I do audio journals on my phone. I record them with a voice note because for some reason recording it makes it feel like it's being caught somewhere and it's being witnessed somehow. I'm one of these people that really needs to talk things through to process stuff and to almost tap into my own advice and my own wisdom to guide me through things. So that's another simple thing that I do that I can do walking to the station or walking to the nursery to pick up my son. So it's just little things like that, just really over the years learning what I need to feel well in my body, to feel well mentally and to feel well emotionally. And making sure that I design that into my day to day. And actually, I don't have like a daily ritual. I don't have a daily routine. I just have never been able to get into that. I have a well-being toolkit. So, you know, what I need to help myself feel energized. What do I need to help myself release stress or release tension? What do I need to, um, yeah, relax in the evenings and switch off and having time away from screens and things like that. And just those simple reminders that I can look at a list and go, aha. 
I need some of that. I need to get out into nature. I haven't done that all week. I need to go to the park. That kind of stuff is what works for me. Mm-hmm. I love that idea because I've um, I've heard from a lot of people that they struggle with like everyone says you need a morning routine, but that can be really hard for people to get into that routine, you know. And so I love that idea of just a toolkit that you can pull from. Um, yeah, you can have little prompts to remind yourself, like, oh right, I need to dig back in and and do something that fits in right now. Exactly, because yeah. that works. For me. My and and Vicky, my other half of Project Love. She's really into routine. That really works for her. And I tried that for years. And it even before I had a child, I tried it and it didn't work. It just doesn't work for me. And um, and that took time to learn as well. And now I'm really yeah happy with my well-being toolkit um, that I use. Just check in with myself. What do I need today? Ah, this. Great. Okay, I'll give myself. I want to talk a little bit about kind of like life and business, life and work design and and kind of crafting this life that you love. Because one thing that I see a lot in our community, well, and and I know it for myself, like with social media and everything, there's all these shoulds about how our life should look or how our business should look. Like, what does success look like? You know, Mm -hmm. like we should want to make a certain amount of revenue or have a certain, like a gorgeously clean house or beautiful family or be able to be (laughs) location independent or whatever the flavor of the year is for what success looks like. And I think people, especially get starting out, get really you feel like, well, I just need to do that. I just need to follow, do what they did and make that and then I'll be successful. But ultimately that doesn't necessarily make you happy because it's you know so unique for each of us. So I'm curious, I don't know, just your thoughts around how can we cut through that noise and actually figure out what we want? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's understandable because most of us had an education where we were told to follow instructions you know, we weren't taught how to go inwards to find the answers. I mean, I love it. If I just, I just imagine being asked that at school. I mean, it was so miles away from the education that I had. And so I think it's natural that we look outside of ourselves to see what success looks like and then to do what those successful people did to try and achieve that for ourselves. And as I imagine most people listening will have discovered by now, that just doesn't work. So it's really, and I really explore this and we've our journal is all about designing a life that you love it's all about this topic I love it It fascinates me so some of the key things are first of all to really have something that a, a practice activities that help you get out of your head and into your body and really connecting with you and with that deeper self um, getting into conversation with yourself so our goodbye hello journal is really all about that. It's asking you questions. And I was looking at your planner and I'm going to order one after this, having just seen your planner now and the kinds of questions you ask, it's so similar to the journal. It's really learning, starting to ask simple questions to get you to tap into yourself and your answers and actually ask yourself, what makes me come alive? What do I know I need to feel well in my body? What are the environments I thrive in? Who are the kinds of people that I love to be around? What inspires me? You know, really getting back to basics and then starting from there to go, okay, so if these are the things I know I need to feel happy and fulfilled and alive, the real basic stuff to start using your calendar. I I talk about using your calendar as your canvas. So use your calendar to book in time and make space for these things 
that make you feel happy and make you feel alive, whether it's something you do once a month or whether it's something you do daily or whether it's something you do once a year and really making sure that you start to prioritize the things that you know you need to make you feel happy and alive and well. Because the problem is so often we know what makes us happy, but it drops right down to the bottom of our to-do list. And like work commitments, family commitments, doing the laundry tend to come above doing the things that make us happy. So for me, life design is all about really starting to prioritize and making your happiness and your well-being a priority. And so getting into reflection, asking yourself these questions, and then really practically putting, starting to use your calendar as a place to start committing to bringing those things into your life is the kind of the foundation of the way I teach people life design and what we have running through our journal and hopefully more journals to come on that kind of topic. Dreaming is also really a really big one. Dreaming is so important. What do you mean? Like writing down like your actual dreams while you're sleeping? No, the kind of tapping into your dreams. So taking Mm. your dreams seriously. Right. So, um, you know, imagining your life, your dream life or your life five years from now and finding different ways. And it depends on, it's interesting, different personality types. Some people are brilliant at that future tripping and like imagining the future. I, I can step into that space all the time. You give me five years from now, 20 years from now, being 80, looking backwards, I'm there straight away. I'm like, yeah, I can imagine everything. Some personality types I've found find that quite hard and they find it easier to talk about, okay, if I were given today one year of salary and told, right, go off and spend a year, a year of freedom, a year of play. What would you fill that with? What would you do if it started tomorrow? Some people find that easier being more in the present, but it's finding different ways of dreaming and then learning how to use those dreams, even the fantastic sort of pipe dreams, how to find the ingredients in there, what it is that's really calling to you, what it is you really want to do next to kind of take your life to to the next stage, the next dream, and to take those dreams seriously. I'm really passionate about teaching people about that. I think we're told so often that dreaming is something you're allowed to do it as a kid and then you need to grow up, you know, and be realistic. And actually my philosophy is take your dream seriously. It's our magic that we have as human beings is our ability to dream and then make those dreams come alive, make them real. So to use that muscle, to be able to use that ability, I believe is one of the, our sources of deepest fulfillment. And so it's really encouraging people to dare to dream because people do find that scary as well. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it's, oh, there's so much to talk about with that because it is scary because if you dream it and then if you tell someone about it, then what if you don't do it? Oh my God. And, and what if they laugh? Yeah. Oh yeah. What if they tell you you're ridiculous? What yeah. if they tell you don't be crazy? I can't believe, who are you to think you could have a dream like that and make that real? Come on. Not someone like you. You know, that's what's, you know, stopping people from daring to even acknowledge their own dreams to themselves. And I see this all the time in coaching people through career change because so much of it is tapping into their dreams. You know, what is it that you really want to do? If you had a magic wand in an ideal world, what would you do? And like, and I really encourage it. I said, tell me the stuff you keep dismissing, the stuff that you think, look, it's crazy. It doesn't matter. I want to hear the crazy stuff. And that's ne- nearly always when you hear what it is that they really do want to do. And that's when we've got somewhere to start with. It's like, okay, tell me why you think that's ridiculous. 
you know, why do you think? And sometimes people might have a really crazy dream of being like the next Beyonce or they can imagine themselves on stage as like a rock star. And it's like, okay, tell me about that experience. What is it really about that? There's obviously the ego that's dreaming, but what's the heart dreaming in that? What's the experience that you're craving? And how can we bring that to life today? I really believe even big, fantastical dreams have, um, right at the core of them, have really important information as to what it is that's calling to us next. Something that was, I can't remember who told me this, but maybe I read it. Basically, it's the idea that if you're having the dream, like, dreams are so unique to you. So if you're even having the dream or the idea, it's like calling to you. It's part of your path. Yeah, yes. Because Definitely. so many people don't like I would never dream about being Beyonce. <laughs> I just don't want to be Beyonce, <laughs> no, you know, but like some people do. And that means that they should like start to follow that or, you know, to go in that direction. So I think like you can't you need to really pay attention to this stuff that sparks your curiosity. Um, yeah. And I, I just want to mention, because you were talking about doing your ideal day, literally this week, that's my podcast, is a guided meditation on your ideal day. <gasps> oh my it's God. It's like amazing. such good timing. So when uh, you guys listen yeah. to this, it'll be a couple weeks ago, but it's there in the podcast. So Fantastic. Yeah, you can play with that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's all that stuff. But I will say something about dreaming is it is really important because your ego does get it's not just your ego gets involved, but it can do, and it can sort of really inflate things. But also, you know, your imagination is wonderful, but it is limited um, to what, to your experiences and what you know, and what you've seen. So quite often what I get people saying when they come to me about wanting to change career, the most common dream is people going, I really think I just want to run a cafe. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. here we go. Let's unpack this dream and see what it is about that that is really calling to you because you can have one per- so often I'll be like, so where are you in the cafe? And they're not behind the counter. <laughs> they're not making the food. They're definitely not doing the stock taking quite often. They're like sitting in the cafe. I don't know, writing a book, doing something completely different. So I'm like, hang on a minute. Do you want to run a cafe or would you actually love to spend your days in a cafe, mm. in a cafe environment? Because to you, that feels like freedom. It feels like the buzz of people, but you're focused on your own thing. And they're like, quite often, like, ah, oh, yeah, no, it's that. I'm like, well, good. Because the last thing you want is for someone to chase after the cafe dream. And then they have the cafe and they're like, I hate this. And I've seen people do that. Um, so it's really important to unwrap your dreams and really explore what is calling to you? What's really at the heart of those dreams? What are the experiences that you're wanting from that? So you don't also then go chasing after a dream that's actually not the right dream for you. So it's, you know, it's multi-layered, the whole dreaming, which is why I love it. I'm really glad you mentioned that. That's, yeah, to really unpack what is it about that dream that you want? It might not be the, yeah. the thing on the surface. Okay, yeah. Selena, I'd love to shift gears a little bit and talk about you and and get like your your input on a few things. So right now we're in autumn and one of the energies of autumn that I've been talking a lot about in my podcast is this idea of pruning. Like autumn is the time to prune back, to let go of what you no longer need so that you can have space for this new stuff to come into your life. So I'm curious for you in your business or just life, life business, whatever, what have you had to let go of to be able to step into this, you know, the life and business you have now? Oh, what? Not recently, but it's just generally what have I had to let go of? Mm. Um, Oh, what a great question. What have I had to let go of? I've really had to let go of um, my ideas of 
what who you need to be and how you need to do business to be a success. And I know you have Marianne Cantwell on um, a few episodes ago, and she is a dear friend and colleague of mine. We've been working together for like the past 10 years on and off, and I've drawn so much inspiration from her teachings around building a business and marketing. And um, she's just, and in her new edition of her book, she talks about these different styles of entrepreneur. and she's just shown me that to just let go of thinking I have to have a clear, just one brand, just one thing that I do, be really focused, really specific, make sure everyone knows that Selena Barker is about this, um, that I don't have to be someone with loads of followers because that's really not, that's really not what I do best. So I was obsessed for such a long time about having a big following. And she was constantly saying to me, would you stop focusing on that? Because that is not where your strength is. That's not where your genius is. And what really works for me is partnership is partnering with other people with big followings and lots of collaboration. And I obviously do have my brand now. I have Project Love. But even now, I've got Project Love and selinabarker.com. Um, and I'm known for a, a number of different things. And so it's, le- it's kind of being okay with that, rather than thinking that means I haven't quite got it sorted yet. So it's just letting go of my own assumptions and my own ideas of what success looks like, which brings us back to what we were talking about earlier. Cause I was a real, I was really, I really struggled with that. Really, really struggled with being influenced by what I saw around me and thinking that's what I had to do. And that's who I had to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, now you don't need to have an answer to this question, but I'm just curious your thoughts. What is your relationship with social media personally? Oh how my do you God. handle, how do you <laughs> fit it into your life? love, hate, all this, you know, how is it going for you? Because it's hard for a lot of us. So here's a letting go. Twitter, let that go. Pruned that ages ago. No, it's not my thing. Didn't want to do it. I had a real love, hate for such a long time with Instagram. We've got now got over 10,000 followers on Instagram so I can swipe up on stories, which is like a dream come back now. Oh my God. I was obsessed the whole of summer. We did it a couple of months ago and now I'm swiping up all the time. But I really struggled. Instagram was, God, I went through a phase of, it's, and Instagram changes so much. Like I used to do a course where it taught you how to do filters and, you know, how to sort of really curate your grid. And I found that so stifling and I did that for years and I hated it. Um, but I feel like Instagram has really shifted and now really embraces um being more rough and ready and just put stuff up there that's just really you and stories has been so wonderful. And I really made a decision about a year ago that I was going to transform my relationship to Instagram. Like I was going to find a way to love it. And it's really worked. I love the community now. I love the people I meet on Instagram. I love my connection. I love creating content, particularly on stories. And I think in terms of Vicky and I share, we do one day, me, one day, her. This summer, I, it was all me. She took the summer off Instagram, but I still love doing that. And I just think I, in terms of not getting too obsessive with it, I just, I don't really have an answer to that because I was dragging myself to do Instagram for such a long time that now I'm just delighted that I enjoy it and I want to share stuff. I think of Instagram like a friend. 
you know? So I tap in there to share stuff and connect with people, but I just, you know, I just make sure it's just not too much of a focus. That's not a particularly good practical tip, is it? <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm just, I mean, I, I think we're, this is like a new world and we're all trying to figure out how to navigate yeah. it. So I'm just, I always yeah. like to ask that just because I know for me, it's like, I'll be doing really well with it. And then, and then sometimes I just get like sucked into the vortex and I feel like you look up and an hour has gone by and, oh. I know, but then it's some, but I do think sometimes that's really, as long as you're not going through the vortex, comparing yourself, if mm. you're comparing yourself and you're looking at people thinking, oh my God, and you're feeling your, your heart's racing and your, or your heart's sinking, or you're just not feeling good about yourself, then it is time to quit that habit, unfollow all the people that make you feel rubbish that you're comparing yourself to. Um, and also don't be afraid to give yourself permission to take time off of Instagram. Vicky's done a whole summer off of Instagram for self-care. She needed to just take a step away and come back to it because she wasn't in a good place with it. Um, and when I see other people that I follow taking time off or they've disappeared for a while, I'm like, cool, great. They obviously need to take some time off. I'm not like, well, I'm unfollowing them. There's no consistency there. You know, so I think really give yourself permission. You need a month off, brilliant. You need to not post something for the next five days, fine. You don't need to tell your followers. If they're if they're the right followers for you, they should understand. And if anything, you're giving them permission to have the same kind of relationship with Instagram. I love it. Okay. Um, and what if you could go back and give yourself some advice when you were first starting your business, what would you tell yourself? Self-care first. Make self-care king that is going to be what helps your business to flourish. And it's late night work, working to 3am does not produce your best content. <laughs> and you think it is at the time. You think you're literally changing the world with the content you're writing at 3am, jacked off on caffeine. You're not. None of that stuff is probably going to be used ever. It's not going to see the light of day. You're going to see it the next day and realize that it was coming from manic over-adrenalization. So, um, yeah, to, to really learn to care for myself. And it, it took a lot of burning out, um, and making myself ill for, for quite a few years before I started to listen to that, to that advice or even explore what self-care and well-being even was, what it even meant to me. And I wish I had done that from the start. So yeah, very clear. That's my piece of advice. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Selena. It's just been great. Really great talking to you. You, um, you too. Yeah. Tell us where people can get in touch, where they can find your journal, all this good stuff. Yeah. So the journal is, it's for pre-order up until it goes on sale in October. So you can find it on Amazon, whether it's amazon.com.co.uk, wherever part of the world you're in. You can also head to the goodbyehellojournal.com. Um, and then loveprojectlove.com is where you'll find all our podcasts. We're also on all the podcast streams and iTunes and Spotify and all of that. Um, and, but you can find out there about my career change coaching. And you can also find out about me over at selinabarker.com, S E L I N A barker.com. So, and on Instagram, love project love, that's where you will find me hanging out, having fun and connecting with people. And yeah, I love to have messages drop into my DM. So if you have any questions or anything you want to chat to me about after listening to this podcast, then um, feel free to drop me a line over there. Amazing. Oh, thanks so much for being here, Selena. Thank you. I've loved it. 
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Wellpreneur podcast. As always, you can get all the links in the show notes at wellpreneuronline.com. And don't forget, we've got an awesome Facebook community. It's called the Wellpreneur community. No surprise. You can come and chat about this week's episode over there with us. And if you're not already on my email list, I totally recommend signing up for my free Find Your Flow series, which is six days of bite-sized remedies, rituals, and aligned action to help you find a little more ease and flow in your work. You can sign up for that on my website at wellpreneuronline.com. Okay, have a fantastic week. I will hopefully see you in the Facebook group. And of course, I'll see you right back here in your ears um, next week for the next episode in the season. See you later. Thank you.